right. Welcome back to another Shifting Schools episode. And we are starting a new series in 2023 because Trisha and I, uh, two things, love talking, love talking to each other and love podcasting. So why don't we take all three and we do uh, a new series here in 2023. We're calling it Shifting Schools off the cuff because we really just kind of have an outline. We are not reading a script. Uh, we're going to cover all kinds of crazy topics throughout the year, kind of whatever comes to our mind. I've already got a couple articles that I just want to go on rants about that have been in the news lately. Um, so that's kind of our idea here. You're going to have to let us know over on social media whether or not you like the shifting schools off the cuff episodes. But to get started in 2023, we thought we would start with this idea of how to position yourself when you want to present at a conference. Uh, There are a lot of conferences coming back. There's a lot of conferences coming back in person. And we know that if you're looking to become a consultant or you, you have a voice and you want to put your voice out there and help support other educators, conferences is a great way to do that. And so in today's first off the cuff episode, Trisha and I, both of us being longtime consultants, wanted to just kind of go through some of the ideas about things to consider when you are applying to be a speaker at a conference. Trisha? That's right, Jeff. So uh, the full list or the full free guide is available for you to download. You head over to the show notes and you'll be able to download it. Jeff and I are going to just you know walk through four of the main points. Uh, and, and I'll say again, this, this came out of listeners were asking us, they noticed on a few other episodes that we were talking about the upcoming Learning 2 event that's hosted in Asia. It's at ISB Bangkok this coming November. Their deadline for applicants to apply is coming. It's just two weeks away. That's January 23rd. Uh, And so a few listeners said, okay, like, you know, Jeff, Trisha, we know that you've done some things with learning too. Do you have any thoughts? And it got Jeff and I thinking about all of the different conferences that we've been a part of. You know, over time, you get a little bit better. Jeff, I love that word positioning uh, and, and really kind of understanding what is it that this event needs and what is it that I can bring to it? Uh, so we wanted to put together a guide that shares some of that expertise. So for the full guide, again, head over to the show notes. It's a free download. But Jeff, why don't you kick things off? Tell us uh, one of the points that you have learned in your career that's really important when you're getting ready to apply. Yeah. So I would say the first thing is how important your title and description are in even when you're submitting your proposal. Now, this becomes over time, you you kind of get into a rhythm of how to do this. But when people are, are for the first time and you're trying to put something out there and you want people to come to your session, one of the things that we know about adult learners is adult learners need to know what am I going to get? And so this is why a lot of times if you are actually looking at Uh, descriptions of different sessions at a conference, you will see, you know, a line in there that usually says something around the line of participants will walk away with, right? What am I going to get? If I come to your session and let's just pretend they're hour long sessions, I'm going to come and give an hour of my time. I need to know what am I going to walk away with? Am I going to get a template that I can use with my kids? Am I going to get lesson plans? Is there some materials or are there resources that I'm going to walk away with? That is what adults want to know. If I'm coming to you, what can I expect to walk away with? So if you can find a way in the description to somehow 
word it. And you can even say participants will walk away with five new lesson plans for digital citizenship. I don't know what it is. You know, five new pieces of material, uh, three resources. Numbers always work great. Tell people how many resources they're going to get if you can fit it. If not, just say, we're walk- you'll walk away with what? And if as long as it's not, you're going to walk away with, you spent an hour with me. Well, that's great, Trisha. I love to spend an hour with you, but I want something for my time. I want something I can physically, and when I say physically, you know, it can be a digital download, but something that I get to take away with me. That's just one of the mindset tricks that uh, I try to always make sure is in my descriptions. How about you, Trisha? What's one, yeah. of, your, one of your other ones? Well, it's interesting because that connects uh, with one that I wanted to talk about. But I, I think, Jeff, like another way to um, to think about what you're you're saying is how does the learning change? Like I'm back in the classroom on Monday, right? What am I doing? What are my students actually doing? And I think, yes, if it's an hour session, it might not be like my math curriculum is completely changed. You know, it's it's not a total transformation. But what is some of the what are some of the learning shifts that might be actionable next week? Mm. Or is it and be very clear, is it over time? Like we're talking about within months. So, uh, you know, just uh, and this is this is the next point that I wanted to talk about, and that's value your participants, right? Um, because I think, as you said, Jeff, like they're giving however much time. And if there's one thing we hear again and again and again, teachers are not time wealthy, right? We have so many competing demands. So when that time is being given, it really needs to be honored. So I would say, where in your session outline do you actually show a really keen interest? in amplifying the expertise of teachers, right? Because mm. they're showing up to your session and not from this standpoint of not necessarily knowing anything, right? Teachers have so much experience and expertise. So as you read through your proposal, think about that teacher perspective who doesn't know you. When they're reading your proposal, is does the language read as inclusive? Is there a sense that you actually see educators as highly skillful and incredibly talented professionals because they are? Um, so, uh, you know, again, this is when I'm going to conferences as a participant, Jeff, I don't know if you do this as well. I'm really, I'm looking for those sessions where I know I'm valued, right? I'm yeah. not seen as this person who, you know, just you know, I'm not just a sponge. I'm not there just to absorb your knowledge, but you see me as somebody who's going to contribute to the session and have something to share too. And I love that. So a couple of the things that I've done in the past, and I, it's very interesting because I've talked to my wife about this too, but I will, in, in, in most of my sessions, somewhere in the description, I will say something as simple as bring your ideas and thoughts with you which is a key to say, I respect you and I want to hear from you. And we're going to be doing some turning and talking, or we're going to be talking with other people in this session because you are as valuable as I am as the speaker. So somewhere in the description, I will usually say something like, bring your thoughts, bring ideas, be able to share something that you're already doing in the classroom as a way of tapping into that expertise of those that are in the training with you. On the second side of that, my wife and I were just having a conversation the other day. She is an introvert. She hates going to conferences where the presenter makes her turn and talk to strangers. So she appreciates it. If in the, in the description, if it says you're going to have to turn and talk and talk to a bunch of strangers, my wife's like, that's not a session for me, which is fine. Totally, totally fine. 
So be thinking about that, right? How do you position yourself for, for different people? And how do you make sure that the people in the room are experts with you in whatever you're talking about? Um, I think that's a really good, that's just, you know, something that you try to fit in. And it's really hard. I know we're talking about somebody out there saying, yeah, but the, the conference that I want to apply for is only going to allow me to have 50 words in the description. Right? And I know those are, those are, those are the tough ones, but be thinking about that. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, yeah. that if there is that opportunity for choice, like, and again, that's, that's always a keyword that I'm looking for in somebody's description, right? Are there going to be like different pathways or options? Cause just, you know, I'm, I'm very similar. I'm introverted too. But just because I'm quiet doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not engaging. So if you can right. figure out a way to make sure that you're describing your session as one that gets that, that yeah. folks are going to have different preferences in the space, I think I think you're onto something. What's uh, what's another one from our list that uh, you would point folks to, Jeff? Well, I think this is uh, it's interesting because, like you said, whenever you go to a conference, I spend time studying different presentations, uh, just the way they're written up because you can learn so much just by taking that, you know, taking the, the, the magazine or whatever it is, the, the folder of, of the different sessions. And with that, you know, I'll, I'll give a, a shout out to you know, learning Two in Bangkok in November. And here in the state of Washington, we have NCCE coming up in March. Uh, you just, again, you can go to these conferences and actually start looking through and looking at say, Oh, I like the way steal people's wordings. You know, you can highlight it just like you do. It's a good study guide. But one of the things that I love and that I have found is, is very, uh, useful is this idea of curiosity is contagious. In other words, where's the question mark? And you'll notice a lot of times you'll find, um, I've, I've noticed where I've even done like some reconnaissance, especially at NCCE, which I go to a lot, where I will go to sessions because I look at the title and I want to see how many other people are going to that session. And here's what I find in your title. If your title is a question, people are curious to know the answer. If somewhere in your description, you have an essential question that you're going to try and answer, it might not be in your title, but maybe your essential question that you're going to answer is in the description. It's the first or second sentence in your description. So when we talk about being curious is contagious, where is the question mark? Where am I piquing people's interest that this is an essential question that I too have been trying to answer? This is a question that I have or that we've been working on at our school. I want to go to that session because I've already been thinking about that question or something similar to that question. And maybe this session is going to be a place where I can get more ideas, resources, and, and do some thinking around that question we're trying to answer. So I always try to think about where is the question mark? Yeah, I love that because I think a lot of, you know, I would almost say most educators are curious people, at least that's been my experience. And I think we are almost like drawn to that wonder. So making space for that is is really key. Um, the last one for me, Dr. Brene Brown says, uh, you, you know, I, I try to keep this in mind often that clear is kind in communication, mm. right? When we are as direct as possible, we're actually doing our audience a favor and I think, you know, we were talking about the reality that educators don't always have tons of time. So the reality is they might be looking through the menu of sessions and scan reading, right? It might not be that I have a full hour to pick, but I'm literally yeah. skimming this. So does your description very precisely tell folks, what is this? Because I don't know about you, Jeff, like when I first started out, 
I, you know, was using a lot of flowery, descriptive language, uh, definitely not very succinct, definitely not very like economic in my word choice. So think about being precise with that busy reader in mind and not only directing folks towards like, what is this, but also perhaps what is this not about? Because Mm. I don't know about you, Jeff, like I've had that experience where, you know, with shifting schools, sometimes we offer professional learning around podcasting. Now, when I say professional learning about podcasting, that could be 5,000 different things. So it's got to be really specific. Um, And a few years ago, I was leading a workshop where I didn't take into account the busy folks who were scan reading the description. And I had somebody who looked kind of like, deflated midway through. So I went over and I checked in like, you know, how are you doing? And um, he said, I thought this was going to just be about microphones. And I, you know, my, my knee jerk reaction was like, wow, I wonder how he got there. But then I, I thought again about, I probably could have been better in that description in terms of what precisely are we doing? Yeah. And what level of experience is this for too, right? Um, I think yeah. just that that real precision and, and clarity makes a big difference. This is where I think, you know, Twitter back in the day only holding you to 140 characters really helped. I know it helped me. I mean, are you, it was a different way of writing. And I remember when Twitter first came out all the time, I'd write complete sentences and you'd do all the, you know, write quote unquote normal. And then you'd have to go back and be like, oh man. And now I got to try to pare it down and pare it down and pare it down. It's the same way when you're writing a description. How do you just keep paring it down, paring it down three, four sentences, get in much in as you can. You're not going to be able to do all of these in every one of your, you know, every one of your presentation titles and descriptions. But these are just some things to be thinking about. Uh, We've got a, again, the free download will give you a list of seven. Uh, At the moment, there might be more than that. By the time Trish and I get done with this, this call, we'll probably add a couple more to that. I don't know. Um, But you can download that free download uh, down below in the show notes that just talks about some of these ideas if you are. And here's the thing, even if you aren't going to a conference, these still apply in your PD sessions. You know, if you are running a lunchtime PD or you're a coach and you want people to come to an after-school PD, the title and description matters. It really does. And so if you're anywhere that you give, you know, you give talks to other adults, these all, these work in the same way. Even if you're a principal, you're a principal, you need, you want teachers to get excited about coming to the the staff meeting, are you framing it in questions that we're going to answer today? You know, how do you get people in a mindset of ready to come and tackle questions? I agree fully with that, Jeff. And one of the reasons is because I think you want the learning to be transferable in terms of if I'm going to an after school session and I'm walking past my colleague in the hallway, oh, you're, you're going to that session. What is it? Can I explain it to them literally within that quick hallway passing or is the language around the session like so abstract that, you know, my colleague keeps, okay, tell me about it tomorrow. Mm. But again, how can we make, curiosity is contagious, learning can be contagious if I think, again, it's worded in that way that has that precision and sparks that awe. So if I'm describing it to my colleague as we're walking down the hall, does that person say like, oh, I want to go to that too? Or are they thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about? Yeah. So again, yeah, Jeff, I, I know that you know you and I are at that that point in our career where we've had, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of experiences both on both sides, right? As participants, yeah. as organizers, as speakers. 
Um, and I know you're getting more and more questions, you know, folks wanting to tap into that expertise. And you have a really cool upcoming uh, opportunity for folks who are thinking, you know what, I do want to be a leader of learning. Um, I do want to sort of take that leap into that space. You want to talk a little bit about that upcoming opportunity? Yeah, so we are starting a cohort over at Shifting Schools. Uh, for lack of a better name at the moment, we're just calling it Becoming an Educational Consultant. It will include some podcast episodes specifically created around how do you get started if this is something that you are passionate about or you think you would like to maybe do more conferences either at your local level, state level, or at the national level. Uh, our goal is just to support you in that, have some time to walk through this. So we are starting a cohort over there, uh, Becoming an Educational Consultant. To, if you want to, you could reach out to me, uh, Jeff at Shifting Schools to learn more about this opportunity. We are keeping the cohort very small. Uh, we're limiting the number. And so uh, if this is something you're interested in, please do reach out and we'll make sure to get you on the list and get you some more information so that you can see if it might be a, the right fit for you at this time. And I, I, you know, I really appreciate you keeping that cohort small because again, this is a new endeavor, but it's also Jeff, as you and I have talked about, it's so highly contextual and personal. So that's why, you know, we wanted to let the podcast family know about the opportunity first so that you can reach out and learn more to see if, if this is a good partnership, if this is a good match. Um, listeners, I've talked before about just, you know, Jeff, you've helped me so much. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like an hour with you was like a, a year's worth of learning. So folks, if you have been curious about, you know, taking those first steps into this career pathway and you've had that hesitation, this is a really great opportunity for you to really have that support, uh, you know, just that supportive hand on the shoulder and the guidance that comes with helping you avoid, like, I made a lot of mistakes. I made so many. And Jeff, you know, if I had talked to you earlier, I would have saved myself so much time, money, and energy. So um, again, if, if you're curious about this, definitely do reach out. That's info at shiftingschools.com. So for our first off-the-cuff session, again, we're trying to also be responsive to what listeners are, are wondering. You hear us say something and you want us to expand on it. You can also reach out info at Shifting Schools. Uh, we'll, we'll try to always keep the community in mind with these episodes. Thanks for giving up your time today. 